This time in Look at the Book, we're going to do a portion of narrative where a story is being told and ask, how can you draw legitimate, legitimate truth for life, authoritative, legitimate truth for life from narrative events? So, Father, I pray that as we read this story, you will show us how your will for our lives and your ways in the world, even today, can be drawn from a sequence of events as narrated by your authoritative spokesman in the book of Acts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here Paul and Silas are in Philippi. They have just cast a demon out of a uh, slave girl, and her owners are furious because their livelihood is ruined. And when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul. Now, what I'm going to do, because I've read this enough now that I know what I'm going to spot You might have to read it a few times before you decide what you're going to zero in on, but I'm going to circle all the miseries that happened to Paul and Barnabas. They seized uh, Paul and Silas, I'm sorry, seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers, seized, dragged. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat to beat them with rods and when they had inflicted many blows upon them they threw them into prison ordering the jailer to keep them safely having received this order he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks so that with all these many blows, injuries, they probably couldn't find a comfortable position. So right here, a shift happens. About midnight, Paul and Silas were were praying and singing hymns to God, to which I want to say, are you kidding me? They had been seized, they had been dragged, they had been stripped, they had been beaten with rods. This is not lashing that rips up the skin. This is rods that can break a rib, break an arm, leave horrible welts, chip your bones. And when they had inflicted many, not not three or four, many blows with those rods, they threw them in prison and fasten them in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were incomprehensibly and gloriously singing and praying hymns, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. So we have two very different acts of God. God does not intervene 
to rescue. Right? They're being dragged, they're being attacked, they're being stripped. The, the blows go on and on, and I can imagine they were whispering, if not saying out loud, Oh God, God, save us. God, save us. Have mercy upon us. Help us. Make them stop. And God doesn't step in. But here, God intervenes to rescue in a supernatural way. And if you try to say here, well, maybe God couldn't or for some reason. Oh, no, 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 no. Right here, we know he could have because he did here with an earthquake. He could have caused an earthquake here and everybody would have fallen down. He could have done a dozen things in his supernatural power to stop this pain. And God didn't do it. But he did it here. Now that's a, just a plain fact. So let's make a list of the things we can learn. God can intervene to stop suffering. Yes, he can because he did down here. Second thing we can learn, God does not intervene. always when we want him to or think he should. Third, God does intervene sometimes in stunning ways to rescue us when he deems it best. Fourth, when he doesn't and he lets you suffer, pray and sing. Praying and singing. It's not the only thing you do, but it's what they did. Luke tells this story clearly with a sense of wonder that these men, in spite of everything, were praying and singing. Fifth, what happened here? I cut it off just because there's no room on the page, so let's, let's see what happens. When the jailer woke, 27 to 31, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, you and your household. And he did. He was saved. So I'm going to go back. And for number five here, I'm going to put when he does intervene, witness. Witness. Tell about how to be saved when God steps in and does amazing things for you. Six. God has saving purposes for his children's suffering. I think those are six lessons that follow necessarily from this narrative and are confirmed, which is always good to do, elsewhere in the book of Acts and elsewhere in the New Testament. So the way you do it is you simply read slowly, carefully. You take note of the things that happen. You notice the contrast. You notice the responses. And you make your notes, and then you list your insights Confirm them by reading it again. Confirm them by reading elsewhere in the book of Acts. And then you live out these amazing truths.